What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down, episode number 35.0. What we do here on Phoenix Down, for anybody who is joining us for the first time, is that we like to revisit old games, maybe even play some new ones. We just did Dragon Age Inquisition, which is a brand new game. But we want to play games that are close to us in some form or fashion. Uh, Games that we may have missed and always wanted to try out. Or uh, games that we have played a ton of and we want to go back to and talk. So, last year was the year of Dragon Age. We played through all three games. Finished the epic quest And now this year, this year is all going to be about a franchise that is near and dear to my heart, Metal Gear. Metal Gear. There we go. (laughs) Let's go ahead ahead and get those out of the way, out of our system. Because every time I say Metal Gear, somebody's going to be tempted to go, Metal Gear. Metal Gear Tourette's, you know that. I know. So today and for all the Metal Gear podcasts that we do... I have the editor-in-chief of ZTGD, Ken McGowan. What's up? And, of course, my partner in crime, Matthew Quinn. Hello. So I think all of us are well-versed in Metal Gear. Metal Gear. Yeah. I have to say that this this feels a little bit like a Twilight Zone because for so long I was listening to the ZTGD podcast – and loving every time the Metal Gear would be referenced and imitated <laughs> and picked on. and oh, This makes me happy. Oh, Metal Gear. So, since we're not going to be playing the MSX versions, or the MXS? MSX. MSX versions of the Metal Gear franchise, which is essentially Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake. Hey, Metal Gear 1 is on the NES. It is, and I played it before. I have. Played I still, it I still have it. Um, we're not going to be playing those, but we are going to discuss them right now. Um, but before we do any of that, I do want to talk a little bit about just the series itself. Uh, the series is created by a uh, developer by the name of Hideo Kojima. He has worked on every Metal Gear except for one. Snake's Revenge. Snake's Revenge. So Metal Gear 2 Snake's Revenge was a game that was released on the NES. It was done without Kojima even knowing about it. Um, They claimed it was a direct sequel to Metal Gear. Um, But Kojima has came out and said, no, that is that is not part of the canon. Uh, he, He even referred to it as crap. It's made time. by Ultra Games, published by Konami? Yes. Uh, the same people that brought you Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Not the arcade game. Yeah, I know. The, the, the damn game. The, the one with the <laughs> damn that you can't ever beat. And the, 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 the electric seaweed. Oh. God, I hate that. Everybody hates that. <laughs> so um, we're going to be talking about the canonical, canonical, canonical. <laughs> Canonical. The canonical uh, Metal Gear uh, series. So to start off, 
I'm going to talk about Metal Gear, the original Metal Gear on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, the games are a little different because they're originally released in Japan on the MSX, which is a kind of like a PC uh, console type game. I thought system. it even took like floppies. It may have. I don't know. Uh, so they had to downscale it a little bit. I, th- I don't think they removed many features. There were a few changes to it. But the original Metal Gear uh, takes place in the year 1995. Ooh, now, the future. Yeah, well, we're gonna we're we're gonna be talking a lot about things that happened in a certain time period that was the far flung future for its time. <laughs> um, but in 1995, a militarized group of people created a almost a a military country, uh, and they called it Outer Heaven. Um, They threatened the world with a nuclear bomb, said that they were going to launch one, and uh, the UN, particularly the United States, decided to do something about that. So they called upon a mercenary group, known as Foxhound. And Foxhound uh, was led by a person with the code name of Big Boss. Uh, in Foxhound, they had a veteran soldier uh, with the code name of Gray Fox, mm. uh, also known as Frank Yeager is his real name. The ninja. They sent him in well before he was a ninja. Well, yes, before. They sent him in to uh, Outer Heaven to infiltrate it, see if they actually can launch a nuke, and if they can, stop them. Unfortunately, they lost contact with him. A week later, they decided to send another operative in, uh, a rookie recruit to Foxhound, uh, with the code name of Solid Snake. Snake. Relation. Yeah. Or is there? <laughs> Could be. Solid Snake infiltrates Outer Heaven, uh, finds Gray Fox, um, but Gray Fox is not bad in this one. He just kind of disappears, I think. Um, but they they are they're developing. They they had kidnapped a man, a, a, a scientist who had come up with a special type of weapon, a weapon with the code name of Metal Gear. Uh, and this weapon is basically a walking tank that is equipped with a nuclear warhead launcher. It has the ability to launch a nuclear warhead from any point on the Earth and have it hit any other point on the Earth. So Snake disables Metal Gear... Um, and rescues the doctor or the, the, the scientist. Uh, and at the same time, uh, has a big revelation. Big boss, his commander. Uh, turns out he was the leader of Outer Heaven. <gasps> so Snake fights him and leaves him for dead. Thinks he's dead. Uh, and that's the end of Metal Gear. One. Metal Gear 2 
Snake's re- not Snake's Revenge. That's the that's the shitty one. Yeah. <laughs> Metal Gear Two Solid Snake. Which we never got over here in the United States. It was only released in Japan uh, in 2008 on Metal Gear 3, I believe. Metal Gear Solid 3. Um, they released uh, they released it as kind of like a Easter egg. I thought it was in Subsistence. Was it just in Subsistence? I thought you could unlock it in 3 as well. I don't think you could unlock it in 3. I just think it was in Subsistence. You had to unlock it in Subsistence. Okay. But uh, in 2008, we did finally get to play it. Uh, on the PlayStation 2. Uh, but yeah, this one takes place in the year 1999. Uh, Solid Snake is still working for Foxhound. Uh, and uh, it's all about the oil crisis. There's an oil crisis going on. In fact, uh, nobody can really... Um, they, everybody's running out. And uh, it's, it's a huge commodity. And um, uh, there is another military country... Um, I think in Western Asia this time around uh, that uh, they, they kidnap a another scientist who uh, has developed a type of, it's like an alternative to oil called oilix. And uh, they think that if they can control oil, they can pretty much control the world. It's still true today. Yes, yep. Absolutely. Uh, so, um, the United States government once again calls upon, uh, Foxhound to, uh, infiltrate Zanzibar land is the name of this place. Such a great name. Yeah. Zanzibar land. (laughs) Uh, and they send in none other than solid snake once again. Of course. Uh, this time, obviously not under the, the command of big boss since he, he's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, it's under a uh, colonel by the name of Roy Campbell. So Snake infiltrates Zanzibar land, um, uh, runs into a woman who uh, infiltrated it as part. She's a, she's a spy for the UN, but she infiltrated it as a reporter. Um, so she's helping Snake. Uh, they locate that they're developing another Metal Gear because the same doctor who developed Metal Gear was kidnapped and put into Zanzibar land. They're developing another Metal Gear. You know how stupid all this sounds when you say it out loud? Dude, trust me. (laughs) Trust me. Trust me. We're going to get... You want to talk about stupid? It's called the end of Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah, we're going to get into that (laughs) in in future episodes. What's, What's the greatest about this is like the Metal Gear unit is like the Death Star. Pretty much. There's always a new one. They're always making a new one. Yeah. It's cool. So uh, Snake uh, fights Metal Gear, but come to find out the pilot of the Metal Gear is Frank Yeager, Gray Fox. Of course. Um, he's he's kind of went nuts and uh, decided to, to, to go with the mercenary group with Zanzibar Land. So um, he disables Metal Gear. And um, Ray Fox runs off. Snake then goes to rescue the doctor who created Oilix, as well as the doctor who created Metal Gear, thinking that the doctor who created Metal Gear was kidnapped. Come to find out, he wasn't. He joined up with Zanzibar Land. So he kind of betrays Snake. Uh, Snake kills him, 
and um, uh, but before that, the doctor who created Oilix dies as well. But he does get the information, like all the data that has to do with Oilix. Um, kind of find out Big Boss isn't really dead. He's also the leader of Zanzibar Land. Uh, Snake fights him. Well, no, I take that back. Snake fights Frank Yeager first in possibly one of the most epic battles ever. Unfortunately, it was in eight bit. They had a they had a fucking fist fight in a landmine field. <laughs> That's pretty epic. It is. Uh, and Snake pushes him onto a landmine, and Frank Yeager explodes. <laughs> Oh. So Gray Fox has exploded. Gray Splode. Gray Splode. Then Snake takes on Big Boss once again. But before fighting Big Boss, it is revealed that Big Boss is really Solid Snake's father. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> So and, and I have never played Metal Gear Two. No, but, I played very little of it when it was on subsistence. But I did watch a playthrough of it, particularly this this whole thing. Snake defeats Big Boss by using an aerosol can and a lighter. He's fucking MacGyver. He burns him alive. Thanks a lot, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. And uh, that's the end of Metal Gear Two. Solid you should probably Snake. you should probably make note of what you just said for the end of Metal Gear Solid Four. Just want to point that out. Yeah, this this yeah we're 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 making steps. We're 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 going to be coming back to this kind of stuff. <laughs> just so everybody knows. Yeah. Now that was so in the. It, go, it go does look like Metal Gear Two is also on the HD version of Metal Gear Solid Three. Oh, okay, okay cool. Both in subsistence and then re-released when they uh, when they HDified MGS3. Cool. I wonder if Ape Escape Monkey Chase is still in there. I believe so. Probably not in the Xbox version, right? Maybe not. I was gonna say Ape Escape was a PS3 exclusive or a PS2. Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> there was a whole side game in Metal Gear Solid 3. Oh yeah. There's a whole side game in Metal Gear Solid 4 or no no Peace Walker. It's Monster Hunter. <laughs> uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 was uh, so- uh, Tony Hawk. Yeah, it had Tony Hawk in it. Fuck these games. These <laughs> games are crazy. <laughs> but anyway. So my question, where does, Metal- where does Metal Gear Acid fit into this? Oh, at the bottom of a bargain bin. <laughs> I don't believe Acid is part of the canon. Uh, I don't know. I played it. It's- I didn't like it at all. But it is Kojima, so... Yeah. It may be part of the game. I don't. I don't know. I, I. I. I had never played Acid. I did play a little bit of Portable Ops, and that is part of the canon. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are not going to be. Is fantastic. We're not going to yeah. be covering that one. Portable Ops is good, but Acid. It's and they made a sequel, but Acid Two. Mm. Too much Acid. Too yeah, much Acid. Way too much Acid. So uh, that's the end of Metal Gear Two: Solid Snake, which happened in 1999. Cut to the far-flung future of 2005. And this is where Metal Gear Solid takes place, which is the game that we're going to be talking about today. That's a game. It is. It's a game. Originally released 
on the PlayStation 1 in 1998. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like I do with every new game in the series, I want to talk about our history with, with the game itself. God damn it. I will go first. In fact, before we even get into that, like I said in our email, I wanted to read off our emails first. So that way we can get them out of the way because there's a few things that they mention um, that that actually have to do with my history with the game. So my history with the game <laughs> was it came out about a month before my 13th birthday. Oh, you little kid, you. Yeah, I know. It came out in September of 1998. I turned 13 in October of 1998. I didn't know about Metal Gear Solid. I owned a PlayStation. Never heard of it. But a friend for my birthday brought over and gave me and this is the all right my friends I didn't have that much money growing up neither did my friends they brought over a demo disc from Pizza Hut oh the Pizza Hut demo disc uh-huh there's stories about that thing there is i i i think somewhere in my parents attic that demo disc still exists it's probably worth something at this point it may be but that demo disc contained a demo for Medieval. Oh, come on. It's Medieval. I, well, I always called it Medieval. And another game called Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear. Never heard of it before. I was like, what is this Metal Gear Solid game? So we booted it up. And it plays the intro. And I said, wow, this looks great. And then it you, you start taking control of Snake. You're walking around, you know, the water area. You can press up against the wall. There's the camera shifts. But the thing that blew my mind the most, and the thing that made me say, Dad, we're going to Walmart, and we're going to buy a game called Metal Gear Solid, was that while I was playing the game, I was pressing up against walls, making the camera shift, moving around, choking dudes. The fucking credits were playing while I was playing the game. That's why you yep. wanted it so bad. That blew, I, I was going to say the same thing. That oh, blew wow. my fucking mind. I said, it's like a fucking movie. <laughs> I said, this and is now, insane. You know what the best part is, is nowadays when people do that, they're like, oh, it's like a fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, these games are like movies now. It's all quick time events and cutscenes. It's stupid. And truth be told... Metal Gear was one of the first games I played that had a lot of voice acting in it. Yeah, it's one of the first to have that much, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I played like Castlevania, you know, Symphony of the Night and stuff like that, which had cutscenes, but it was, you know, it wasn't in this magnitude at all. But that's what blew me away. Was like, yes, I have to get this game. And I remember. Because I didn't know what this game even looked like, you know. I went, I went to Walmart. You know, Dad was like, "All right, let's get this game." And I couldn't find the fucking game. I was like, "What the fuck does this game even look like?" And I saw on the shelf a pure white game case 
with big red letters that said Metal Gear Solid on it. I was like, wow, that is the weirdest fucking game case I've ever seen. But now, that's fucking brilliant. I fucking love that game case. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's it, it's, it's pure white with just red letters. No, 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 no other text. No pictures of a guy with a machine gun and shit like that. It was it was just plain. And I was like, God, that's fucking beautiful. I'm surprised they they got away with that. Why do you say that? Well, because back then it was all about marketing. Oh and yeah. You wanted the big dude with the gun on the cover, so I'm surprised. Like in the instruction manual, I'm surprised it was not the cover, which is his face. Yeah. Because that uh, white that white uh, blank cover was the Japanese version, mm-hmm. and I'm shocked that they brought it over. That That's fucking amazing. I wish every Metal Gear game had that kind of cover. Because Integral, when it was released in Japan, was the same cover, except the words were sideways and they were silver. Hmm. So, that's... I, I got the game. It was the day after my birthday. So, October 25th, 1998. I sat down and played through the entirety of Metal Gear Solid and did not stop. Period. That was back in the good old days when I could do that. Yeah. Well, you can do that if you buy the order tomorrow, right? This is true. This is very true. Very, man, how top. I, I played and I didn't even stop. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's my history with the game. Now, Matt, I want to, I mean, your Twitter handle has MGS in the name. Yes. You are a fan of Metal Gear. Very much so. So tell me your history with Metal Gear Solid. I had a big sloppy, sad revelation to tell you guys in that I didn't remember how... I have no idea how I first came in contact with Metal Gear. But now that you mention that and I look up what that Pizza Hut demo disc looked like, maybe that's how I came across it the first time. Yeah. You know, I, I still can't say for sure. I still don't know. But I do physically have that demo disc. I know exactly where it is. And... uh it does have Metal Gear on it with the least descriptive description I've ever read. It says, embark on the most intense mission ever imagined. <laughs> the hey, end. They're not lying. That's yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, specifically the fact that you mentioned also the, the credits, that was one of the things that sealed it for me. Um, I think I got my PS1 a bit late. And I was coming from the Genesis, and the first game that I had, and the, fir- the game that sold me on the PS1 was Resident Evil, because it was like real people and not cartoon characters. Right. And so that, at, at that point for me, was the high watermark, and like, holy crap, this, this is like real life, basically. Well, comically jagged <laughs> now, but... Uh, Back but then, then it was beautiful. Oh, God. Yeah. I'd never seen anything like it before. And then... Then when I when I I'm assuming when I played this demo, I was just so blown away that I I, I know that I went out and got it quickly as, as soon as I found out about the game, and I remember it being one of the games that I would have to keep pausing and like, you know, at the time I was like, Mom, you got to check this out. Look at this. <laughs> Look at this. This is like a movie. <laughs> I mean, she she never really loved many of them, although she did particularly like this one and Resident Evil. Um, but yeah, between the voices and specifically the part when you're riding the elevator up and he's shedding his clothes and I was just like, holy shit, this is really like a movie. 
This yeah. this this is no longer for little kids. This is for adults. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, I I don't know. I've just been in love with it ever since. I love the first one. The third one is my favorite game ever. Um, but this first one was very amazing to me at the time. I I, I don't know. I, and and I I think back on this game, and I'm not sure that there are many games that will still impact me the way that this first one did. Right. Ever again, and you know, some of that's just that's the age when you're developing, and, and yeah, I guess they say when you when you have nostalgia for things that it's most highly targeted at ages like 13, 14. Yeah, thirteen to fourteen, they claim is is the t- the two years that you're the most impressionable for nostalgia. Yeah, so I guess this came out when I was fifteen, so not quite in that range, but pretty close. Um. And it's sad to think that nothing will ever impact me again like this game did, but I I love this game when it came out, and I I still love it. Yeah. And now, Ken, I know a little bit of your history because we've talked about it before, but I want you to say it for everybody here. How many times have I told this story? I don't know. <laughs> in, in the top three games of all time, if I had to pick them, I couldn't put them in order, but it would be StarCraft, Mortal Kombat 2, and Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Um. But my history with this game goes back a lot further than that. Um, you know how much I love stealth games now, and that's sarcasm. <laughs> uh, but back when the PlayStation, you know, was was in its prime, um, stealth genre was just being born. Yeah. So um, I worked at a GameStop, and I used to have a friend that would come in, and we we imported a lot of Japanese games because back then Japan got all the cool stuff before we did. Yeah, that was the thing to do. I mean, every every Game Pro magazine had a thing in the back of this like, hey, you pay ninety bucks for a copy of <laughs> Marvel versus Capcom. <laughs> yep. So um, my first import game was a little game you might remember called Tenchu. Oh, stealth, which that's not so good actually started the sh- the stealth genre, although Metal Gear always gets credit for it. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, and, you know, we were talking about that game, and then Metal Gear came up, and they were like, well, yeah, this is like, this is like Tenchu, but, you know, military. I'm like, okay, well, I can, I can get down with that. So, my buddy that, you know, we imported games, when he was done with the game, he would always sell it to me for like half the price. So he sold me his copy of Metal Gear, which I was just ecstatic to get a hold of. And I beat it in Japanese like 25 times. Jesus fucking – how did you even figure this out? How did Uh, you figure out half this stuff? Well, I had to look at facts Uh because the internet was, was, you know, fresh at the time. Uh, Especially for the Meryl Call and the Psycho Manus fight, obviously. Uh, actually, the Psycho Manus fight I never looked up. I just thought it took a really fucking long time. Yeah, you can't beat him without doing the trick. Yeah, it takes about an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I think I may have done that before. <laughs> yeah, it's it sucks. With um, that awful sniper fight in three. Oh god. But yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where it started. And then, of course, when the the U.S. version came out, I was so thrilled to actually figure out the story. Uh huh. <laughs> Because, I mean, I still remember all the voice acting from the Japanese version. And I think my favorite is still when he yells, Metal Gear! It's still just fantastic. I can't imagine what that's like to play a game or watch a movie or do anything and be that familiar with it, but not really have any idea what they're saying. saying, Oh, yeah, I played through that and Shinmu in Japanese, if that tells you anything. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But also, as, of course, you all know, that 
game is what started the website. Yeah. I started the website as a Metal Gear Solid fan site. <laughs> and that's actually how I learned HTML. That's how I got my job. You owe a lot to Hideo Kojima. <laughs> I, I really owe a lot to Mr. Kojima. It's, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> so there's our history with the game in question. Now, I do all that because I want to read off some of our emails. Okay. We actually received a good amount of emails, four of them to be exact, which is the most we've ever received for one game. Well, it's Metal Gear is a cultural phenomenon. Metal Gear... <laughs> Without Metal Gear, we wouldn't have a lot of games nowadays. A lot of styles of games, too. Exactly. So, first one comes from Zach. And he says, uh, The thing I remember most about Metal Gear was the demo that came out before the game was released. <laughs> I remember that my dad and I went to Pizza Hut <laughs> in Madison, Iowa. Or Madison, Mason City, Iowa. Holy shit, I can't read. <laughs> And that they had this demo disc for sale uh, with demos from Metal Gear Solid, Tomb Raider 3, Gran Turismo, and Medieval. You know, tell you something funny about the demo disc is uh, we got demo discs in at GameStop right before it came out. Uh-huh. And I put it in the machine because we always had a demo playing that we'd let people play, you know, back when they'd let you do that. Um, and I love just standing there watching people play it. Because all they did was die yeah. over and over. And, and they're like, this game sucks. <laughs> uh, he bought it for me. And my 16-year-old self, along with a stuffed crust pizza, could not be more <laughs> pleased. I probably played through that first level 10 different times. And then he sent a picture of the demo disc itself. Yeah, and that's... That, that's the disc I had. Yep. It's a magical disc, that Pizza Hut demo disc. <laughs> yeah, between that and Book It. Man, Pizza Hut influenced me more than I thought. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about Book It and the fucking stars that you get. You yeah. Put, yeah, oh my God. Oh, geez. Uh, next one comes from Adam. It says, my name is Adam. I'm originally from Africa, but now I reside in the U.S. I was 14 years old when in December of 1998, my dad returned from a business trip to France and brought my little brother and I, a brand new PlayStation 1 PAL system. Not knowing much about video games, he assumed that he, that the console was packed with games, and he only bought two gaming magazines along with it. One of them contained a demo for Metal Gear Solid, and we were also introduced to our first experience with a DualShock controller. Oh, yeah. At first, we panicked and thought that there was a problem with the controller. Therefore, we didn't touch the system again for a while, waiting for my dad to buy us a new controller. <laughs> During that time, I read the entirety of the magazine, therefore absorbing every detail about the game. I got so hooked that I couldn't wait to play and started reading the user manual for the controller. That's when it happened. Eureka! <laughs> I realized that there was nothing wrong with the controller, and I was in possession of a brand new technology that would change gaming forever. I then proceeded to play the Metal Gear Solid demo and watch the elevator cutscene more times than I could count. I didn't get to play the full game until 2000 and got sucked into Snake's universe forever. Sorry for the long email. Hope you can summarize it. Maybe read it on the show. Thanks, guys. P.S. Playing along with you guys. Thank you very much for that email. Oh, just, just, I know it's, it's, it's snippy, but there was rumbling controllers for the DualShock. This is true. I know. 
But they didn't, they didn't have a PlayStation 1. And, you know, besides the N64. Rumble Pack, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Star Fox, man. Star Fox. Yeah. Our next email comes from Aaron. Says he can't wait to hear Mr. Ken Kojima himself to clear a lot of the story up for Metal Gear. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. It's just crazy. And the rest of the world. Uh, keep up the good work, Drew. Best episodes ever in the bag. Parasite Eve. Can't wait for Parasite Eve 2. And for what Matt to talk about the, the book that he bought. Love the shows. Have you started Parasite Eve, the book, Matt? No, I'm finishing up Stephen King's new book, which is fucking fantastic. Is Which one's that one? Revival. Revival, okay. And lastly, another email uh, we get from a fan uh, who has wrote to us before, Jamie. She says, hi guys, I decided to try out Metal Gear with you. I've never played it or have ever been exposed to it at all. Wow. I figured it would be a game I would have played when I was younger, but I missed it. On starting it up, I was impressed with how it plays. The AI is good. I didn't expect the guards to notice my footprints or hear my footsteps and follow me. It looks better than I expected. The story has some holes and the dialogue can be laughable. (laughs) But that's what we love about classic games. How could you ever tell that this game had holes? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I love how easy it is to equip things. In today's games, it's so common to find complex menus, but this simple right-hand, mm-hmm. left-hand system is refreshing. It's the kind of game I would have uh, been obsessed with as a kid. The only comment I have to make is about the blatant sexism. <laughs> I can ignore a comment or two, but every single woman has to be called beautiful, cute, or uh, offered to strip... And one woman, who might be considered a soldier-type character, got a slow-mo, albeit pixelated, ass shot. It's oh, a sign. <laughs> it's a sign of the times, I suppose. But uh, I just uh, do get. Uh, I just do a bit of eye rolling. It doesn't really lessen throughout the series, though. No, that that that's. I, one, I was going to say, yeah. don't play Metal Gear Solid Four. There is. So there's two things about that. One of them being, this is a Japanese-made game. Yeah, it's Japan that are alive. Yeah, Japan culture is very sexualized in in some ways. Secondly, this is made by a man by the name of Hideo Kojima. <laughs> that man is about the biggest horn dog I've ever seen in my life. He has some very strange things about sexual content in his games. It's never gratuitous, but it's one of those things where you're going to be doing a lot of eye rolling. I hate to say it, but that's the truth. Where do you see the beauty in the beasts? Yeah. Uh says, I'll keep playing, and hopefully I can get past this bloody tank, Jamie. Oh. Thank you all for those wonderful emails. I love to hear from our listeners. Well, so, that's awesome. Yeah, and as we all know, Metal Gear, man, people fucking love that game. It's great to hear some other stories, too, because... I have I have a feeling a lot of people in the United States, their first dip into Metal Gear Solid was the fucking Pizza Hut demo disc. Well, people that you also got to think about the people who weren't a lot, uh, you know, they weren't old enough for that then. That's yeah, true. what yeah, a, that's that was what back in '98. So good lord, that's almost 20 years ago. Yeah. What a strange thing, though. I so many hours were spent with me and my friends just with those demo discs. Oh yeah. 
I can't like, tell you. There was another demo disc that had Parappa the Rapper on it. Yep. And uh, Blasto. We had mm-hmm. one with Twisted Metal 2, I think. And then one with uh, the game that's sort of like Twisted Metal, but it's underwater. Uh, Critical Depth. Critical Depth. We played those two games so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh... I'd say when I bought my PlayStation the very first day, the only game I had was Toshinden, so that demo disc was like a lifesaver. <laughs> so anyway, we've talked about our history. We got the emails out of the way. I appreciate everybody sending them in. If you'd like to send more, you'll get my email address at the end of the show. But let's jump into Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid takes place in the year 2005. This is the same time the Transformers takes place, right? Is it? In the year 2005. Really? <laughs> Cybertron Wars. <laughs> so, Solid Snake has retired. He quit Foxhound, and he's kind of become a recluse. He lives in the Alaskan wilderness as a... Um, he, he raises... Um, um, Alaskan Malamutes. The, 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 he raises uh, sled dogs, and he's kind of living his his life alone. Um, and originally, he he's fine with that, until one day, a whole bunch of soldiers show up, point a gun at him, and, and force him to go somewhere. And he goes to this. I guess it's a carrier, like just like a military carrier off the coast of Alaska. Where he runs into an old friend of his, Roy Campbell, who is his commander in Foxhound, uh, is there along with another woman, a woman uh, doctor by the name of Naomi. And uh, Campbell runs him through this briefing, tells him that Foxhound, his old unit, has uh, was going to uh, an island off the coast of Alaska known as Shadow Moses Island. It's in the Fox Archipelago. There you go. Are you, do you got it memorized? You want to just recite it for me? I, I do. Every time he says archipelago, I get excited because it takes me back. And uh, he says that they went there for a standard like military drill. Um, but during that time... Some of the people at Foxhound, some of the, the higher-ups at Foxhound, decide to have a mutiny of sorts. Uh, they call it a revolution. And they decided to do a few things. So, so we, they, it's explained in the briefing. If you, you can watch it in the, in the menus, in the, in the, on the main menu. But come to find out, Shadow Moses Island isn't just a little island it's actually a, a nuclear weapons disposal facility. <laughs> and while they're there, they grab some nuclear weapons. And they then threaten the United States, saying that we're going to launch a nuke if you don't meet our demands. You have 24 hours to deliver the remains of Big Boss. And we're like, okay, well, we're not going to do that. So, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, so why would we give up a corpse to save the world? That's so dumb. Yeah. And why do they want a corpse to begin with? 
well, you know why. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just I'm, go along with it, man. We, we, I'm we, trying to go along with it, but girl, I know the fucking story. I know the story too. We all know the story, but you know, for our listeners, for Jamie, who has never played this game before, we're, we're gonna get, we're gonna get into this. No spoilers until we I'm get not to spoiling. them. Spoiling. <laughs> so, um, he gives us a mission briefing. Who is Foxhound now? Snake hasn't been in Foxhound in six years. He doesn't know what the hell is going on with them. Well, Foxhound now, they're heavy hitters. Our group consisting of Revolver Ocelot. Shalashaska. The Shalashaska, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. I love that name. It's another, <laughs> there's so many great names in the Metal Gear universe. Yeah. They're fantastic. <laughs> Lalelulelo. <laughs> no, 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 no. Can't get into that yet. I know. Um, Vulcan Raven. Shaman. Shaman. No, they call him Shaman. 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 Yeah, it's a Shaman. He's a. Uh, he's a. Uh, oh, what is he? Oh, I can't is he Apache? Mm, he is. He's Sue. Sue. Yeah, yeah, he's. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, Sniper Wolf. Oh, yes. Deadly. Sniper uh, Wolf. Deadly assassin with a, with a sniper rifle. She kills everything she aims at. Yeah. Uh, Decoy Octopus, who is a master of disguise. So underutilized. <laughs> and. Fuck him. I'm, oh, yeah. Psycho Mantis. Psycho Mantis. Psycho Mantis. Him. Yeah. Psycho Mantis, who has the ability to. But both read minds as well as telekinesis. Mm-hmm. And then finally, uh, all being led by a man with the same code name as Solid Snake, Liquid Snake. And they show Snake a picture of Liquid Snake. And, well. He doesn't, yeah. They kind of <laughs> look alike. <laughs> oh, whoa, I wonder why. In fact, they look a lot alike. Oh, man. Just, you might yeah. think that they're twins. Oh! So, they have 24 hours to either give up the remains of the ex-commander of Foxhound, Big Boss, or they're going to launch a nuclear weapon. On top of that, they have kidnapped two people who were very predominant in the nuclear weapons field. I don't know. The DARPA chief, which is a real position. Isn't the DARPA chief a real thing? It might be. I I don't know enough about that kind of stuff to to answer that question. They've kidnapped the DARPA chief, Donald Anderson. That sounds like a DARPA chief name. Yeah. Along with the president of arms tech, which is a kind of like a military weapons developer. Uh, Kenneth Baker. Oh, yeah. So, Snake's mission, if he chooses to accept it. Oh, he don't get no choice. No, he, no, he does not get a choice. But <laughs> his mission <laughs> is to rescue both the DARPA chief and the president of Arms Tech, find out if the terrorists have the ability to launch a nuke, and if they do, stop them. See, now you're quoting it. I know. <laughs> I know. I do. Tr- I've played this game over ten times. Tim Fox's archipelago. Yeah, I, I mean, I I have most of this memorized, especially the v- early parts. 
There's well, some yeah. there's some parts that I have I forgot about. So which we we'll get into. But so Snake is sent in uh via a sub and then original and then shot through a torpedo. <laughs> shot <laughs> He shot like a torpedo because they have a, a radar system. They don't want it to be caught. They don't want it to be caught on the radar, so they sent him send him through as a torpedo, and then he swims the rest of the way. Of course he does. To Shadow Moses Island. Best is yet to come. Yes, it is. And uh, so begins Metal Gear Solid. We. Snake arrives. We do the whole demo disc thing where we, we wait for the elevator. Um, you know, pure nostalgia whenever I'm playing it. So I, I'm, I'm going to be discussing this in two ways for me, at least one, how I'm playing it now and two, what I was doing when I was 13 years old. <laughs> not, <laughs> not realizing how much you miss an analog stick. Fuck. That's the first thing. I was like, yeah, Parasite Eve came out a year earlier. It had analog controls. And I was like, why is he not moving? Wait a minute. Do I have to use a fucking D-pad for this? Yes, I have to use a D-pad. I was like, wait a minute. It has rumble. What the fuck? It's crazy how that worked. Yeah. That kind of, I was like, really? I have to use a D-pad for this? This is going to be hard. (laughs) (laughs) And it is. And I will get into that. (laughs) So... Um, setting up everything, you know, it, obviously we have to wait for the elevator, ride the elevator up, you know, try to, try to not, you know, get caught. Um, and when we make it up to the surface, we see the facility itself. Do you actually stealth it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've gotten to the point where I just fuck them up. I, <laughs> I was originally going to say, let's try this without uh, getting caught. No, that's not going to happen. No, you really got to you really got to be patient to do that. So I just choke them to death. No, I I have not killed anybody except for when they force me to kill somebody. Nah, fuck it, killing yeah. everybody. I knock people out <laughs> and then run away. Um, which they don't stay knocked out for a while. They they don't. Yeah, not like in the other Metal Gear games. No, they're they're the equivalent of the fatality time you had in MK2. Yeah, pretty much. You beat somebody up and then run away <laughs> real fast. Oh yeah. Um. So, uh, we get a call from Colonel Campbell. He's giving us direction. And so this is one of the weird the, the quirks with Metal Gear is that they have full voice acting. They get you immersed into the story. You know what's going on. And then Colonel Campbell says, press the circle button to do this. It's so strange. It's kind of jarring at times. When you want to call, press the select button. Press the select button. (laughs) Uh, It's it's small things like that. But then, of course, we're going to get into (laughs) they break the fourth wall a shit ton. (laughs) No. I mean, even in like Metal Gear 2, which I, I didn't know because, you know, obviously I didn't play Metal Gear 2, but even in the old, like, NES games, they were breaking the fourth wall. Campbell's like, turn off the, you know, turn off the game. Turn off the console. You know, stuff like that. Uh, which they, they harken back to later on, but anyway. So we meet up, we, we, we talk to certain people through codec. Um, only Snake can hear it. Stimulates the it bones Stimulates in the your bones ear. in your ears, yeah. But your ears don't... Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Only you can hear it. Sure. Yeah, we're, we're going to be. And then they have a Soliton radar. 
which was created by Mei Ling. Mei Ling is this. How old is she? Like nineteen? She's a kid. She is a kid. She's like nineteen years old, and um, Snake hits on her. Snake hits on everybody. Snake does. He doesn't hit on Campbell. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So, um, but uh, yeah, so we meet Mei Ling. And at the same time, we're also talking with uh, Naomi, which I should explain, which I didn't bring into. Naomi was actually a part of Foxhound as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naomi, uh, w- when the revolution happened, some people didn't agree with it, and they went away, uh, including Naomi, uh, who was the kind of like the field medic. She was the the, the doctor for the uh, for the soldiers, uh, and there was another person who. Uh, revolted against it as well. And it was a woman named Merrill. Merrill Silverberg. Merrill Silverberg. Who also happens to be Colonel Campbell's niece. Because mm-hmm. that's what Snake was questioning. Why the hell are you doing this, Campbell? You're an old man. You haven't been part of Foxhound in years. It's like, well, they've got my niece. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> it's a personal thing for Campbell. Mm-hmm. So, uh, throughout all this, you know, and we're getting, you know, conversations and things like that. I'm skipping a little bit of this because it's, it, it's not really plot driven. Um, I do have to mention a couple of things. Snake is a smoker and he, he says he snuck his cigarettes in quote unquote, because of suppressants that suppressed his stomach acids. So I'm assuming he swallowed his cigarettes. The entire pack. Did he, <laughs> them out. did he poop them out or did he vomit them out? And how are they still intact? <laughs> hey, man. Maybe he had them in a cigarette case. I don't know. That may be true. I, mean, I don't they know. Come, they come in handy. They do. Uh, so we have to infiltrate the uh, the base itself. Uh, and this is where we get our, you know, the chance to see how this game actually works. You know, for for a time, like 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 Jamie said, for a time, you know, back in 1998, I totally didn't think I would be leaving footprints in the snow that guards would see. And it's like, whose footprints are these? Well, also the knocking on the wall. Yeah, just so many things that that game revolutionized for like AI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was that noise? <laughs> Where'd you go? They say they say it's so stupid. Uh, At least it's not Tenchu. Ninja, I'll I'll find you. (laughs) Where he go? Where he go? Ninja. (laughs) Oh god, Tenchu! That game was hard as shit. No shit. (laughs) Oh my god! I grandmastered every single fucking uh, level in that game, though. That's what happens when you have time as a kid. It's true. So yeah, uh, we infiltrated, and uh, there's another thing I, I want to go back. We're go- we're going back to me as a 13 year old kid playing this for the first time, and you see that cutscene when you're in the air ducts, mm-hmm. and the uh, the guards are saying they're getting ready to spray for rats. I immediately said, "Oh shit, I gotta get out of these fucking air ducts," because I was thinking they're gonna kill me. They're you know, they're gonna poison me. You thought but, it was very video gamey. Yeah, I thought it was very video gamey, but apparently that's not true. The rats are in there, but they run away from you. Yeah, they run away with the exclamation points over their head. So, um, 
this, this, there's so many quirks with this game, man. So eventually, we make it to the the main hub area, or at least the starting hub area. Uh, running around, you know, we get some uh, uh, chaff grenades to uh, you know take out the surveillance camera, and sure. uh, and you know all this other stuff. God, I I even remember that shit. You know, that, that's well, a, yeah, that was it was something new. Yeah. It's just so weird, like how the, all the little dialogue things that pop up. That I'm just like, I remember this constantly, like, even how they said it. You know? Yeah, I didn't think I would remember it that well either, since I have not played this game anywhere near as many times as you guys have. Yeah. So, uh, making it there, eventually we, we, we discover where they're keeping, uh, Donald Anderson, the DARPA chief. Um, and we, you know, we crawl, crawl into another air duct, uh, and we can find Meryl. She's there working out, doing sit-ups. If you leave and come back, she does other workouts. And if you, you do it, if you do it enough times, she takes off her pants. I was going to say you do it enough times, you're just a pervert, but. It's true. But I mean, it, it, small bullshit things like that. She takes for a 13 year old boy. Yeah. For a 13 year old boy. I'll give you that one. Yeah, no. She she you know she will start working out without pants on. You and you can see her in her panties. But I bet anyway. that was exciting when you did it uh, last week, right? I didn't. I didn't do that. I'm not <laughs> going. I'm not going in and out of a fucking air duct and watching those fucking small cutscenes over and over again. Mm-hmm. Sure, you did. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I did. Well, later on, <laughs> I, I did get that cutscene. Uh. <laughs> I knew how to do it. I was just like, all right, let's do it. So, uh, we eventually make it to where they're keeping the dark chief. We, we sneak into his cell and, um, we, you know, that, that starts the cutscene. We, we talk to, uh, Anderson and he tells us, you know, first off, we're trying to figure out, do they have the ability to launch a nuclear weapon? Yes, they do. Holy shit. They're developing a new Metal Gear. What? Metal Gear? It can't be, you know. You knew? Metal Gear was one of the secret black products. God damn, I still remember all this shit. Oh, how much <laughs> are you going to miss David Hayter and the Phantom Pain? I don't think I'm going to miss him because he's going to be in the Phantom oh, Pain. Oh, here we go. I'm telling you. I'm fucking calling it right now. They're, <laughs> they're going to have fucking David Hayter in that game. Okay. Period. So I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just... Yeah, I think it's funny. So, um, they do have the ability to launch a nuclear weapon. They're developing a new type of Metal Gear, codenamed Rex. So, we got that out of the way. Yeah. What happened next? Well, what happened next? Well, there there is a, another piece of information that we need to know. But they don't have the ability. They have the resources to launch a nuke. They don't have the ability to launch a nuke just yet because they have to have two codes. One of them, the president of arms tech knows, and the other one, Donald Anderson knows. Unfortunately, Donald Anderson gave up his code. Sure. You talked? Not psychomantis. 
He can read people's minds. God damn, I know this fucking word for word. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Psychomanus read the DARPA chief's mind and got his code. Sure. The only thing that's left is hopefully the president of arms tech hasn't given up his code. If they dev, they can launch the nuclear weapon. Oh, snap. But there is also another failsafe, which Anderson doesn't tell us about. No. He dies. So, yeah, there's the next thing that happens. <laughs> Anderson starts having a fucking heart attack. Hmm, he, falls over, he falls over dead almost immediately. What a coincidence. Snake doesn't know what the hell's going on. Calls Campbell. Campbell, what the fuck's going on? Campbell, I don't have no idea. Oh, you're bullshit. You know, Naomi's like, it looked like a heart attack. I don't know. Then after that cutscene, we hear some struggling. Somebody's getting beat up outside. Then the door to the cell opens. Walk outside, and there's a dude naked. <laughs> and then they blow face out. Planted. The face planted, and his ass is like facing us, and it's blurted out. It's basically presenting. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, remember that guy? Because he will show up in later episodes. You mean games? And games. Well, we're going to be talking about him too. But that guy who got knocked out and is naked will be in other games in this series. But anyway, we get during the cutscene. She pulls a gun on us. We don't know it's we don't know it's her. Obviously, we're like it's a woman. Snake psychic. Yeah, it's this first time you ever pointed a gun at someone, your hands are shaking. Yeah, you haven't even took the safety off, rookie. You never saw you like doing a play over there. I know. <laughs> Snake exit stays left. Uh so he uh you know, we have the cutscene where she's 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 afraid to shoot. And uh he you know, he pulls his gun out on her. If you don't have a gun, if you did if you didn't pick up the SOCOM, what does he do? He still pulls out a gun. He still pulls out a gun, okay. Yeah, so, that's one of those things. They yeah. just assume you're going to pick it up. Yeah, you originally did. that in the stomach, too. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, uh, he, I got the Sokum from the, from the, the, the truck. Yeah, jumping into the truck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, they, all of a sudden the door busts open. Soldiers come in. What are you waiting for? Shoot! You know, and, we start our first real battle. This is one that we can't run away from. Yeah, the most embarrassing moment for me so far in this game, in this yeah. playthrough. You died? I died many times. I go to shoot them, and I drop to the floor. <laughs> I go to shoot <laughs> them, and I don't know, like pull something out. I cannot get the buttons right in the, at this point. Square is always shoot. X uh, is always crouch. Circle is use. <laughs> yeah, well... You know, my- you, can, you, know you can still aim... Um, once you pull a, you can still move while you're aiming. Yeah. There's a little trick to do it. It's kind of weird. I I just run kind of like back and forth in zigzags and just go, (laughs) and I eventually hit somebody, (laughs) (laughs) but I didn't die here. Uh, I almost did because then I forgot about the grenades that come in. (laughs) Yep. I was like, shit, I forgot about that. (laughs) I need to move toward the door for that. Uh, but yeah, so Meryl's, 
it's Meryl. I mean, it, they try to play it off, they try to play it off like it's not Meryl, but she was in the cell next to the DARPA chief. She escapes, um, and she's she's nervous. She she doesn't know. She can't shoot somebody, you know. And what are you waiting for? Shoot him and you're green rookie. She, yeah, you're green. And finally, she starts just mowing dudes down, screams and shoots them, and then like wastes a bunch of ammo after they're dead, and then reloads. Um. And then she runs off and shoots, tries to shoot Snake, like, for real. He has to, like, get out of the way. Well, he was staring at her in her panties. I'd shoot him too, right? Well, she's already in the soldier uniform. Yeah, but that doesn't change what happened. This is true. Well, she's that one real awkward cutscene where she's just, like, running in front of him and she's basically, like, floating through the air. Oh, shit. So ridiculous. She, uh, that's where we get the ass shot. Yeah, and then she's he's running like, away, and he's like, "He knows a woman? who it is." Yeah. A woman? A woman? No shit. You couldn't tell with a voice. And then she does the whole, you know, holds her holds her gun up and does the fist pump thing. I'm like, really? This is so dumb. And the it's elevator. Metal gear. And then the elevator closes, and then we see a a figure talking, floating in the air. And we're like, what the fuck? You know, and we talk to Naomi, and she says it's probably Psychomanus. Okay. Spoiler. So, one of our hostages is dead. Now we got to go find the president of Armstack. Just so happens, we you know, we I forgot to mention the Dark Chief tells us where they're keeping, and not Anderson uh, Baker. He's down in the second floor basement. Uh, and they were going to put him in a place where uh, it can jam signals, so that way, you know, radar wouldn't work and stuff like that. That's a lot of detail for a guy who's being held hostage. I know. Well, he heard a guard over, to- you know, talking. Oh, about sure, it. he sure he did. Sure he, he, did. Heard, he heard. A, he overheard guards talking about it, but they didn't have enough time to paint over the <laughs> the place. So dumb. They didn't have enough time to, to paint over the places where they they basically kept him. So maybe we should look for walls that are a different color. Sure. I mean, damn. I mean, he knows they can't launch. He knows they need the codes. He's God. He's full of information. Yeah, for a hostage. It's like he's working with them or something. I know. So we go to the second floor basement. We find walls that are a different color. We put C4 on them and then blow them up. That's also where the uh, tripwires show up. Yes. So, um, that was funny. <laughs> so so dumb. So there was there was a guard walking by and I blew it up with the C4. He does the, what was that noise? And he looks gaping hole there. Just walks right on by. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> so uh, we uh, we make it to where they're keeping Baker. Um, I do have to mention before I uh, went into the room, I made a nice little video of me shooting Baker through the door. <laughs> oh, shame on you! And Revolver Ocelot saying, "You idiot! <laughs> you idiot!" It's so dumb how they say it too. Well, his voice in those games is fantastic. He, I have to say, he's probably the best voice actor in these games. Except he's not in Phantom Pain either. Yeah, that's a different guy, isn't it? It's Troy Baker. It is Troy, but God fucking... Troy Baker! 
Stop ruining my shit. <laughs> You're in everything. So, when we go in to get Baker, they have him pretty much strung up to a pillar, concrete pillar, and there's trip wires from other pillars coming to him. Such a pain in the ass. I know. And then we're gonna we're gonna release him, and he's like, "Don't." It's all connected to C four. It'll blow us all to smithereens. And then another member of Foxhound shows up. Revolver Ocelot. Just when he twirls the gun, it's one of the greatest things in video game history. Yeah. It really is. As dumb as it is, it's just really awesome. Is it a Colt single action army? It's Colt single action army. Yeah, I, I can't do his voice. Best gun ever made. Best gun ever made. Hiding won't help you. I understand the bullets you see. I make them go where I want. Yeah, he's such a great character. Yeah, he, uh, Revolver Ocelot is one of the best characters in the Metal Gear series, period. And it's sad what happens to him later on. Yeah, it is. But let's not talk about that because that's a long time away. Yes, it is. A very long time yep. away. So, uh, we have our fight with Revolver Ocelot. He wants to take us out. This fight sucks. Sucks ass. Mm -hmm. And there's one big reason why. You can go into first person mode by holding the triangle button, but you can't pull out a gun in first person mode and shoot it. No, you can't in the Twin Snakes. In the remake on the GameCube, you can. Which makes this fight dumb easy. It's yeah, super trivial in the GameCube version. But in this fight, you have to run around these fucking pillars. Make sure you don't hit the trip wires, otherwise they'll blow up Baker and it'll be game over. And then you try and shoot him. If, like I said before, if you try to hide behind a pillar, he will bounce bullets off of the walls and hit you with it. That's how good of a shot he is. It's fucking Revolver Ocelot. It's Revolver Ocelot. He knows his way around a revolver. And I didn't know what the fucker Ocelot was before looking this shit up because I was like, what the fuck's an ocelot? You really didn't know what an ocelot was? <laughs> I'd never heard of an ocelot before whenever I was a kid. Oh. I mean, I, I know what they are now, obviously, but when I was a kid, I'd never heard of an ocelot. Huh. So, um, but it's everybody's named after animals. If you can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, after beating him, we had another cutscene. And this one, he, you know, he's like, Oh, he, you're pretty good. Yeah. God, I, I have so all this memorized. Uh, out of nowhere, this, uh, this figure in a stealth camouflage comes up and chops fucking revolver ocelot's <laughs> arm off. <laughs> or cuts, cuts his hand off. Wonder if that's going to come back someday. I don't know. My hand, he cut off my hand. He, and that's it. That's, I mean, he's not really screaming or anything. I'd be screaming bloody fucking murder. I remember how awesome I thought that looked back in the day. Oh yeah, not so much anymore. No, he grabs his he grabs his hand, takes it with him. He's still holding the gun. <laughs> well, of course, it's got his gun. Yeah, I gotta get my gun back. <laughs> got the death grip on it. So, uh, and this the, out of nowhere, this fucking ninja, this this robotic ninja, that exoskeleton, uh, shows up. After chopping Ocelot's arm off, he runs off, and he starts talking to Snake like he knows him. 
You see him there, right? What a weird uh, color scheme for being like a badass ninja. Orange, yeah, blue, it's not and gray. black. It's like, it's like a salmon, a salmony pink. Yeah, yeah. With the blue attached, he's got like the one eye. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's weird. So, um, oh man, you just yeah. What? I was thinking about the ninja. What's coming up? Yeah. So uh, the ninja goes off in stealth camo, runs away. So we get Baker. While when this is going on, I have to mention uh, the ninja cuts trip wires, mm-hmm. and they fly. Every, like, yeah, super badass too. Yeah, everything explodes, and Baker somehow falls forward, so none of the explosions hit him. Uh, but uh, Baker was tortured by Revolver Ocelot. That's another thing that we should mention is that Ocelot is known as being a world-class interrogator and torturer. Well, you find out why. Yes, we do. You get a lot of backstory on Ocelot throughout the series. Love it. Yeah. So uh, Baker is beaten all to hell. I think his arms broke. Uh, but he has a lot of information for us. First one being, he gave up his code to Ocelot. Yeah, he's got yeah, a lot of information kind of, for everybody. Yeah. yeah, he's kind of a wuss. Um, but it, they also dive into, well, what is this facility? You know, what are you guys doing? You know, they get into a lot of political stuff in this cutscene. And that's one of the things that got me was like, this is one of the first games that had a more adult tone to it. And I'm not talking like in violence and stuff like that, but they're talking about political stuff. You know? Yeah, it was it was back before being preachy was cool to be preachy. Yeah. The Kojima's very preachy in his games about, you know, nuclear war and uh, mercenaries and uh, war, yeah, war in general. Yeah, pretty much war in general and like uh what what's the word I'm looking for with uh like uh mercenaries what a Private military companies? Yeah, that's that's what it's PMCs. 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 Yeah. yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. But mercs, basically. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, yeah, but he he gave up his code because, like like I said, Revolver Ocelot tortured him. He's good at it. He'll get information out of you. So great. Now they have both the codes. They can launch a nuke whenever the fuck they want to. This is bad, but. Baker tells us that there is also another failsafe. Of course. And it is what they call a POW key. There's three of them. And they have to be inserted uh, in order to stop the launch of a nuclear weapon. He has one of them, but he gave it to Merrill. Sure. Yeah, after that, uh, a few a few more preachy things about nuclear weapons and what they've been doing at this facility and all this other stuff, and then he falls over dead of a heart attack. Huh. Colonel, are you listening? Now he's dead too. I have no idea. Don't lie to me. It looked like another heart attack. Some type of poison? <laughs> Certain types of chemicals can produce heart attacks in large doses. I, you, got the, you got the script in front of you there? No, I don't. I swear <laughs> to God, I'm staring at a computer screen with nothing on it. Uh, I have this all memorized. You can't tell sad. without doing a autopsy. Damn. 
Snake, I want you to work with Merrill. Can I trust her? More than you can trust me. So Campbell says that we need to find Merrill. Merrill. Uh, also, I forgot to mention they break the fourth wall uh, for the first time, pretty much for the first time, uh, during the Baker uh, cutscene. They break ba- the fourth wall there? You just, it, so it wasn't when, if you want to save, press the back button. <laughs> well, yeah, no shit on that stuff. I'm talking like Baker turns to the fucking camera and says, oh, yeah, her codec number is on the back of the CD case. You know what's funny is like the first time he muttered that, I'm like... What CD case? Did I miss an item? <laughs> Trust me, dude. Flashback to 13 year, years old me. Holy shit. I spent an hour trying to figure out what the fuck he was talking about. I looked in all my inventory. I'm like, what CD? What the fuck's a CD case? What is he talking about? Couldn't find out. He means the fucking CD case you got the game in. Yeah, I was like, what is he? I was like, I was looking through the fucking game manual, everything what? like that. I put the fucking CD case down. I was like, that's a, that's a codex. That's fucking Merrill. That's the fucking, the what? So what did people who rented this game do? They were screwed. <laughs> <laughs> they went through every fucking codex number and finally got her. 141.92? Yeah. Truth be told, I didn't have that memorized. I actually had to look that up. Because <laughs> you don't have the CD case. Yeah, because I don't have the CD case. Downloaded so. it. Yeah, I'm downloading. I used the PS3 downloaded one. So, uh, <laughs> shit. But I did have to look that up. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's that's one of the major for, you know, fourth wall breaking things that this game does. It's on the back of the CD case. The game case. So we call Merrill. Who are you? No, who the fuck do you think I am? Uh, it's like the, the, this is where some of the dialogue comes in. I'm like, really? Yeah. I'm the fucking muffin man. Yeah. Do you know him? <laughs> so, so it, yeah. It, like, look, we need you have the the card that can stop this nuclear launch, or you have one of them, at least. So, um. We need to meet up. I need to get this thing. Where, where are they keeping? What, what, what else? What also are we looking for to make us go to the other other facility, the other building? I can't remember. There was a reason. The the, the nuclear warhead facility, storage facility. I can't remember now. You don't have the thing in front of you to remember? No. <laughs> it's, it's not a big deal. I mean, it, it's a story thing. It's especially we have to go here. I think it's just to, to, to go to where they're keeping Metal Gear. Well, yeah, because the two people are dead. they got to find the other cards, and he's got to meet up with her. Yeah. So she's going to open up a door for us, and uh, we're going to go to the where they, they actually store the nuclear warheads. Uh, along the way, we have to dodge uh, these fucking these fucking lasers. Uh, I right, so so there's two ways to deal with these. Well, technically three if you're if you're a badass and just crawl through it without doing anything. Uh, this is where we also meet another support person, uh, Natasha. Natasha Romanenko. 
Romanenko. Romanenko. Romanenko. However the fuck she says it. And she is an expert on uh, nuclear weapons and... uh, I think, yeah, she, she's also very well-versed in, in weapons and things like that. Uh, and she lets us know on a little information that, you know how, like, in spy movies and shit, where you can take, like, smoke or usually some type of powder, and you can throw it in front of lasers, and you can see them for a second? She tells us that, well, Snake smokes when she blows some smoke on in front of them. That way you can see the lasers and you can get by them. Or you can do what I did and picked up the thermal goggles and ain't got to worry about that shit. Yeah, I missed those damn goggles. <laughs> that's why you got the cigarettes. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons. Uh, so we uh, go through the lasers. I actually tripped the lasers three times. Good and job. You're screwed. You, you die. You can't get out. Yep. <laughs> uh and then we make it outside. This is where we run into the second Foxhound member. Vulcan Raven. Shaman. The Shaman. Shows up in a tank. Yeah, that was a little intimidating. <laughs> you don't have you have a gun. <laughs> you Good job. <laughs> and also pick up some grenades. Hey. Well, well you gotta get past the, the landmines first. This is true. I forgot about the landmines and another she- integral person that we meet. Mm. So when Deep- we walk, yeah, when we walk outside, first thing we get, we got a call. Call him Deep Throat too, which is the best part. <laughs> Watch out! There are landmines there. Because David Hayter's Deep Throat, the informant from the Watergate scandal. It's like <laughs> seeing a porno. What's going on there? <laughs> So uh, he's like, who are you? <laughs> One of your fans. Mm-hmm. Sure he is. <laughs> You're not using burst transmission. Are you nearby? Uh, so he he warns us that there are landmines there. Once again, handy-dandy thermal goggles. Don't have to worry about that. I can see them. You can see them, but you still got to lay down on the ground and crawl over them. No. Yeah, I, if you want to yeah. pick them up. I don't give a shit about picking them up. I use those for the the later fight with somebody. Well, you can, but I I had to worry about that. I just I just walked right on around them, and uh, we run into Vulcan Raven in a tank. Mm-hmm. He starts shooting at us, and we decide we have to throw grenades onto the tank, basically into where they the hatch is. Yeah, which is really hard because that game controls like ass. Yes, it does. I mean, first and foremost, this game does not control very well, and especially when using the fucking D-pad, it's 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 just tough. I died multiple times during this fight, and plus, you don't get that many rations. So, uh, pro tip for Jamie, just in case you haven't figured this out, if you leave rations equipped, when you lose all your health, you use a ration and your health is restored. Yep, so you don't have to worry about using it. Yeah, so you don't have to just always pause the game, go into the menu, and and use the the ration. You can just leave it equipped, and you're good to go. So uh, I have two rations. Man, I used them up real fast. You don't have that much health to begin with. 
This fight kind of sucked. Mm-hmm. It's not as bad as Ocelot fight, but it's pretty bad. I, it, but it's mostly because of the game itself. Yeah. Uh, so we we blow up the tank. Uh, we kill the gunners who were basically just the, the soldiers that are inside of it, and then uh, we we get a key that opens the door to the nuclear storage facility. Now, and Vulcan Ravens there, and he says uh, he talks real funny. It's like I hope you're happy. He got the key. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, but he's gonna. He's like I will kill him. Just like the raven on my head, which yeah, he has tattoos all over him, and mm-hmm. he has he has a raven on his bald head. He's not one of my favorites. I don't like him. He's kind of lame. Yeah. The fight. I think the fight with him. The the the, the fight that we. Spoiler alert! We kill him. Yeah. Later. <laughs> later. I think that's a pretty decent fight. It's all right. It's kind of cool. They get recycled though in another game, which I didn't care for. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we, uh, we have to, we go into the, uh, storage facility. Uh, Naomi tells us that, uh, we can't use our weapons there because that's where they keep the dismantled warheads. And then she also says, Oh, remember that shot I gave you that suppress your stomach acids? It also has nano machines in it and we can program these nano machines to where you can't use your weapons. Nano machines. Yeah. Anybody out there, Jamie? I want you to I want you to write down this word, nano machines. Mm. You are going to hear that word throughout this entire series. And every time you hear it, Snake's still going to act like he didn't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't generally know what anybody's talking about, though. That that's the thing that, that I was going to mention was it's always the running joke of like you know somebody will say something in Metal Gear and he will repeat it as if he doesn't know what they're talking about. Holy shit. That yeah. actually that's a lot in this fucking game. Yeah, I thought that was a fun joke. I did not realize how much it was actually in the game in actuality. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, every time somebody says something he's like, "What?" <laughs> For an educated man, you repeat things a lot. <laughs> well, you know, he's seen a lot of war. He's seen a lot of hell. This is true. But everything's a surprise to Snake, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> I'd be shocked too. Yeah. So um we can't use our weapons here because, obviously, if we shoot one of these warheads, there is no mission. <laughs> Kaboom. So uh, we um, got to make it down to the uh, basement floor. And now I know why we came to this facility. It was because there's another guy we need to talk to. Dr. Hal Emmerich. Mm, Otacon. Otacon. So uh, he's down in the basement floor. He is the guy who's been helping develop this metal gear. Well, we make it down to the basement floor. And there's a couple of problems. Can't reach him. One of the reasons why is because the floor is electrified. You step step on it and you're going to get fried. On top of that... The entire room is filled with noxious gas. I had a blast from the past when I walked into this room. Oh yeah, why is that? And I was like, just just remembering this whole what you do here, right? Similar to you know the the ride in the elevator up in the beginning. I was just like, oh shit, this is awesome. 
<laughs> so we have to figure out how to get past this. Luckily, we know where the control panel is for the electrified floor. Unfortunately, it's down the hall and to the right. And yeah, it's, it's, it's way over there. So we get a call from Natasha telling us that we could use a rocket. Guided rocket. A guided rocket to, uh, to maneuver it over there and, and destroy the control panel and hopefully unelectrify the floor. Just so happens, if we go up one in the elevator, one floor in the elevator, there's there's a rocket there. Of course there is. The Nikita. Uh, I fucking hate this weapon. I hate this part because I spent so much time with my rocket hitting stuff. Yeah. Because it controls like ass. <laughs> even back then and today, it's even worse. Because it, 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 it boosts itself. And it does it randomly. Mm-hmm. And then you just you just kind of aim it left, right kind of deal. And then there's also machine guns in the room that if it spots the rocket, it'll shoot it. So you have to guide it a certain way. And it blows up after a certain amount of time. Yeah, and then you run out of time. Then you're also having to worry about your oxygen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, fuck this part. Yeah, fuck this part for real. So uh, after destroying the control panel, we go to where they're holding uh, Hal Emmerich. Otacon. Otacon. One of the best characters in that series. Yeah, Otacon's pretty good. I really like him. So um, before we make it there, though, we come into a room, and it looks like a bunch of soldiers have just been completely massacred. Mm. There's blood everywhere. This is the part. This is the part. This is the part where when I was playing back then, I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> that, that hallway is yeah. just crazy. That hallway's crazy. That hallway was kind of fucking creepy too, though. Well, because yeah. of the screams. Because he, he was killing the last guy, and you could hear it. Yeah. And you and, could see him. Yeah, you could see yeah. him. He comes around the corner, and he said, it's a ghost. And he falls yeah. over down like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, was, I love the fact that wait, before you go into the next room, he's still there, alive, like twitching on the floor. Yeah. And so uh, we make it inside, past the hallway, to the lab where Otacon is being held. We get another cutscene where that ninja, that robotic cybernetic ninja, is there. Staring, he's he's scaring Otacon so much he pisses his pants. Yes, he does. Poor Otacon. And uh, that famous line of, "It's just like one of my Japanese animes." (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, and he hides in a uh, in a locker. And um, we have the fight, man. We have the fight. The fight is really you just pissing him off over and over while he screams give me more give me more yeah <laughs> hurt me more <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know it's a dumb thing but back then i was super impressed when you would shoot the glass how it would shatter yeah yeah that and um every time i tried to shoot at him he'd block my bullets with his fucking uh sword, sword. and then i said wait a minute he's a robot 
Period. Oh, no, no, no. I was, I was, gonna, I was waiting for somebody to, 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 to fucking, you know, finish the sentence. But you can, you can use chaff grenades. Yeah. To yeah. to disrupt his circuits, and he, you can shoot him then. But the cooler thing to do, you put your gun away. You punch him in the face. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, that's how we're going to do this. Hand he, actually hand. Res- he responds to that, which is awesome. Yeah. You never saw that. You know, like, like playing this game as a kid, you'd be like, hey, I got a gun. Let me shoot this fucker. Hell, I got a machine gun at this point. I can unload on this guy. What the fuck? The bullets aren't doing anything. It's like, all right, well, I'm just going to punch him. Punched him right in the face. He's like, okay, we're going to do this. He puts his sword away. It's like, yeah, man, mano a mano. We start this fucking, he's fucking flipping everywhere. Fucking doing these crazy kicks. He does this like area of effect thing where he floats in the air for a second and then slams down. I mean, he does some damage too. <laughs> oh God, yeah. That Don't is... let him hit you. <laughs> no, if he hits you, it's it's really going to hurt. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I remember that punch. See, you know, he's calling him Snake now. He knows who he is. Oh, but who is he? Oh, we don't know yet. Oh, we'll, snap. We'll find out after we punch him to death. <laughs> and we don't we don't kill him. He goes fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. He's he, like, a, like fucking lightning's coming off of him. He's There's this weird noise in the background that sounds like... Like that. He gets on his knees and starts slamming his head into the floor. <laughs> Yeah, he's a little nuts, but then again, you know, he is the cyborg ninja. He is the cyborg ninja, but Snake recognizes who the hell he is. Not, <gasps> not only by his voice, but also by the way he fights. Well, yeah, that's the most important thing. Yeah. That's Gray Fox. <gasps> Frank that's Yeager. Frank Yeager, the man who Snake pushed onto a fucking landmine and exploded into pieces, is now that cyborg ninja. Well, yeah, he's like the $6 million man. Yeah, they rebuilt him better. RoboCop. <laughs> uh, RoboCop, yeah. Peter Weller. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, that's, I'd say he's a lot like RoboCop because he's still human, but he's not entirely human. He's also fucking crazy because, well, he's mostly robot. Yeah, he's, mo- he's more robot than RoboCop was. <laughs> but he freaks out, runs off. He calls him and he's like, "What the fuck is going on?" Campbell's like, "I don't know. It's Gray Fox." Yeah, and Naomi's like, "I don't know who he is." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't. He he's they they Foxhound found him and they they did experiments on him and and turned him into that thing. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Frank. No. So now we go talk to Otacon. Make him get out. Make him get out of the closet. Change his pants <laughs> and sit him down, and we have a holy fuck ton of cutscenes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's I, Metal Gear. Yeah, and he's he's talking about how he he was developing Metal Gear, but he thought it was for humanitarian reasons. It, you know, it was for defense only, never to be used as a weapon against people. Sure, yeah. Otacon. Missiles, sure. sure. Not nuclear missiles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come sure on. Sure, how? Yeah, I just made a fucking mech. I wanted it to be like Robotech. Yeah, like they actually show cutscenes for Robotech, which is great. Yeah, they, they, that was like I, I thought that was so cool as a kid. I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, you know, it's like it's, it's like fucking Gundams and shit. 
Because at the at the current at the current moment when I was thirteen, we hadn't seen Metal Gear. We saw like weird like flashes of it and shit like that. I'm like, what is this thing? You know? They they said it's a walking tank. I didn't know what the fuck that meant. I mean, it can walk and shoot some fucking missiles. Yeah, that's all I know. So he uh, he helped develop this thing, but now snakes, you know, pounding into his head, dude. They're using this to launch a nuclear weapon. We need to do something about this. He's like, well, I know how to destroy it. So you're going to need me. Call me Otakon because I'm an otaku. Otakon! He asked him, he's like, are otaku you? convention. Yeah, are you an otaku too? Somebody who likes Japanese culture. I'm like, no. I'm <laughs> no, not. Shut up, or no one will be. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. Now. We have to find that card that Merrill has. We haven't ran back into Merrill yet. Merrill! But Otacon is going to stay in the shadows using his optic camo that he helped co-develop. Yeah, I was always, when I played the game, I was always like, dude, let me fucking borrow that. Yeah. So, uh, he, he's going to he's gonna stick around, uh, but he's going to be using the optic camo so nobody can see him. And uh, we need to go find Meryl. Well, Meryl's in the building that we're in. She's on the first floor. Or, well, technically the second floor. Or the, the second, the first floor basement. We gotta find her. Well, how do you find her? Now we remember. She walked funny. Because she, she she's a woman. Apparently women walk funny. Yeah, sure. So we have to find a soldier. She's dressed up as one of the, the, the soldiers. And uh, we have to find a soldier that walks funny. Now, we don't have to walk. You don't necessarily have to find somebody that walks funny. You have to find somebody that when they walk, they go. Because that's, yeah, when women <laughs> walk, they make that sound. That's, yeah. That's what it is. I must never have met one then. I know. <laughs> My whole life is a lie. When we find her, or when she finds us, when she sees us, she runs away. Runs into the women's bathroom. Oh, you can't go in there. We can't go in there. In fact, originally you try to go in there and it says, ah, nope, can't go in there. But now you can. There's a little trick. If you can make it to the bathroom before she does, the entire cutscene is her in her panties. And you did that, didn't you? I did do that. Oh, Jesus. I didn't do it because I wanted to see her panties. I just did it. Mm-hmm. Sure you and then, did. And then I said, oh, yeah, now I'm going to see her in her panties. Sure, sure, that was, sure. Okay. And I said, I, I'm okay with this. I don't I don't believe you. <laughs> I wanted to do some of the quirks. You know, come on, it's, it's, it's dumb. I'm going to go back to some of this. <laughs> so uh, we find her, she's she's undressed. She's got out of the military soldier uniform and gone back to her her attire. And we get a few cut scenes of her talking about it, it, this. You want to talk about a little bit of sexism here? I mean, they, she, you know, you're a woman, you know, women soldiers was weird. <laughs> I mean, they do. I mean, they get into that kind of stuff. You're like, he's like, I'm weak. And also she's doubting herself all the time. And snakes like, stop fucking doubting yourself. You know, it says you, that's going to get you killed. Meryl. Meryl. 
And you know, we have we have this riveting conversation and she's like, Okay, I have the I have the pal key. Here's here here's the key. So she gives it to Snake. Now we gotta find the other two. But let's make let's make our way to where they're keeping Metal Gear. So we uh we get the new card that will let us get into level five doors, I believe. And um it's through the um <laughs> the the commander's room or whatever. Or office. And uh when we go through, weird shit's going on. You know, this fucking music's playing. Or actually the music stops. That's what he says, yeah. So what happened to the music? Um Meryl's acting really funny. And uh when we go down the hallway, she has Major headache falls to the ground. He's like, "You okay?" And she gets back up like nothing's happened. He's like, "It's fine. Come on in." <laughs> and the interesting thing is, if you go into first person mode here, you're not looking through Snake's eyes. You're looking through Meryl's eyes. Mm-hmm. But, but it's a it's a yellow tint, and you can hear somebody breathing, almost like Darth Vader. Oh, I wonder who that is. <laughs> it's interesting. So when we uh, we walk inside. We get another cutscene of Meryl being controlled by this weird guy with a gas mask on floating behind her. And uh, he's making her say stuff like uh, a puppet. Yeah, like a puppet on like a marionette. She has her gun out. She's aiming it at Snake. She's like, uh, you know, make love to me and bullshit like that. And then, you know, we You're get still a, thinking about the panties. I, I'm still thinking about the panties. I'm sorry. The polygonal panties, man. That, that one texture, flat modeled. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, so, um, Psycho Mantis has got control of her. And she is shooting at us. Campbell's calling us, dude, don't use your fucking gun. Don't shoot my fucking niece, dude. Punch her. So I punched the crap out of her. Knock her out. Drew's got angry issues against Meryl. <laughs> you can also strangle her. Yeah, you can. It's really kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> the sound they make. The sound they make when you choke them in that game is worth choking. Them. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, we. Nobody. You don't really have to go <laughs> really fast. Everybody just mashes the button really fast, so it sounds like that. Normally, this go. Uh, <laughs> but I'm always like. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, because it, it goes faster. Yeah, and you break their neck. <laughs> don't break Meryl's neck. <laughs> no, don't do that. Then it's just like snake, snake. So uh, we uh, knock her out, and we have the cutscene with Psycho Man. It's the famous cutscene that um. He will show us his telekinetic powers. Put your controller down on the floor. Oh, yeah. I will move it with the power of my mind. That's so cool. I showed that to all my friends. I'm like, look how badass this is. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's totally interactive, see? And it makes the controller vibrate. No, he's moving it with his mind. Uh, but the other cool thing is, is that if you have, <laughs> if you have other Konami games saved onto your memory card... Like back in the day, like if you ha- if you played Castlevania Symphony of the Night, he would read your memory card, and he would say, "So I see you're a fan of Castlevania." 
Yeah, see, everybody everybody knows the Suikoden and the Castlevania ones. He does a lot more. What, what, do, you, do you know any of the other ones? Yes, he does. The soccer game that they did, uh, mm-hmm. he'll say, you know, I see that you enjoy football. Um, and he also does Poi Poi, if you remember Poi Poi. Okay. Uh, he'll say a uh, comment about that. I know there's a couple other ones, but everybody always knows the Castlevania one. Well, I mean, everybody played Symphony of the Night. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly, which is why I know the other ones, because I played the other ones. Oh, yeah, see, I, 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 I did have a Castlevania save on there, and I was like, what the fuck? It's like, what does Castlevania have to do with this? I didn't realize he was reading my memory card. <laughs> he also tells how many times you've saved. Yeah, which apparently I'm very reckless. Yeah, he gives an assessment of your play style. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you haven't saved a lot. You must be very reckless. <laughs> and also you're incompetent, I think he told me. Yeah. So um, it, it depends on how many times you've been seen, I think. Yeah, it's based on how many times you've been detected. Yeah, so... Uh, but then we start the Psychomantis fight, which was, if you ask me, anybody, you know, who, who has nostalgia for this game, this is the fucking fight that they talk about. Yeah, yeah this is yeah. the one. This was the fight that like nobody had ever seen anything like this before. So we're, we're not only fighting this guy who has psychic abilities, who's throwing furniture at us with his mind, also shooting these like mind blasts at us, but we can't hit him. He nope. can he can read our minds. Every time we try and shoot him, he just fucking teleports. And you're like, well, what yeah. the fuck? How do you beat this guy? So we get a call from Campbell. Campbell's like, Snake, you need to unplug the controller from the port one and put it into port two so he can't read your mind. What? That's brilliant <laughs> if you think about it. Yeah, I was like, that doesn't work. <laughs> Come to find out it does. <laughs> If you unplug the port while you're playing the game, if you unplug your controller from port one to port two, he can't read your mind and you can shoot him. It's fucking crazy. It's brilliant, but it's fucking crazy. It is. And during this time, and I didn't know I didn't know who Hideo Kojima was, but the fucking screen will turn completely black. And it yeah, will say it Hideo. Hideo. Originally I, I thought it said Hideo. I was like, what the fuck is Hideo? Well, the first time because well, it would be to, like video. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to look like the video screen when you're kind of like in um, Eternal Darkness. Yeah, like a standby mode kind of deal. Yeah, like like what the fuck happened to my television? You know what I mean? And so it's trying to fuck with you as far as like, oh, look, at you, your television fucked up. <laughs> and uh, so, I, like when I was thirteen, I had no fucking idea what was going on. I was like, what is this shit? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, after the fight, this fight actually was kind of difficult for me, too. I think I died a couple times here. Cause even he, with the controller switched? Even with the controller switched, dude. That, that He does not, every time I shot him, it took a sliver of fucking damage. Hmm. Yeah, you do have to hit him a number of times here. Oh, yeah. And, like, all that fucking furniture flying around seems to, like, home in on me. So, it was it, it was rough. After you, after you defeat him... He he's you know he's laying there, and uh, well I, I take that back. He, the, he does one final desperation move. He wakes Meryl back up, and he says, uh, "Blow your fucking brains out." So she puts the gun to her head, and if you don't stop her from shooting herself, she fucking killed, blows her brains out. You got to do the fight all over again. Yeah, so I punched her again, <laughs> knocked her out, and then I beat I beat him. And uh, he's laying there, and he we go through a whole other cutscene of 
him talking about how he hates the human race and everything that lives on this planet because all they want to do is have sex. That's the only thing that's in everybody's mind is procreation. Except for Snake. You're different. You live in the moment. Oh, and you wouldn't that, really know it by his Kodak conversations, though. I know. That's true. And then he says, oh, and Meryl, uh, she has a large place. You have a large place in her heart. Even a though you just place. met her like yeah. 20 minutes ago. Yeah, even though you just met her. Yeah, a large place. Yeah, he even says that. So stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. So uh, and he, you know, we take his mask off and he's like, put my mask back on as a final request. See, because apparently with his with his mask on, he doesn't hear everything. You know, apparently he he can just read everything that's around him, and it drives him insane. So he that's why he has the gas mask on. How awesome was his face with that flat pixelated? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Merrill apparently thought he was disgusting. I looked at him and said, "What is this this great thing?" <laughs> so, uh, is his mouth supposed to be sewn shut? Yeah, yeah. So um he open he actually helps us he opens the door and he says uh using my powers for good it feels nice and then dies. It's sad. There's a lot behind him if you read his backstory. Yeah, that, he was tortured and all that stuff and yeah. he mutilates himself because of the stuff that he can do. Yeah, his his father hated him. Mhm. Um and abused him and shit. Uh, it, there's a lot of backstory to a lot of these characters. Like if you get into like the backstory with the beauty and the beast court, they, they have some fucked up backstories too. Oh yeah. Psycho Manus is disappointing because he's one of the few that you don't get when you yeah. play the game and, and he's dead at this point. So, yeah. So, uh, now we move on to where, where we start. We're, we're on our way to where they keep metal gear. Uh, we we go back outside. We run into um, I can't remember. What, they're they're half breeds, huskies and wolves. So they're they're part dog, part wolf. Hmm. I wonder who those belong to. I don't know. Probably liquid snake. <laughs> so uh, we uh, and and they hate snake for some fucking reason. Cause he, never mind. He has a penis. That's the scent. It is descent, but um, they 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 don't mind Merrill. <laughs> well, yeah, because they yeah. But uh, you know, so we we go past the dogs, we reach the uh, the 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 long tower. The it's it's, it's a communications tower is what we're trying mm-hmm. to get to. Uh, and we're at the base of the tower. We go inside, and uh, Merrill says, uh, "There's landmines here, but I know where they are because when when Mantis." delved into my mind i got that information so she she, you know she's like i'm a pro i'm gonna walk all the way around these landmines and all of a sudden she gets the shit shot out of her (laughs) yeah she gets shot in both legs and an arm and then we're like oh shit (laughs) this is bad news it's sniper wolf and here comes the fun part yep so here, we're like, we we can't fight her. She's way over there using a sniper rifle to shoot at me. She's using Meryl as bait to get me to go out and try and help her so she can take me out. 
So we get a call. So we got to find a sniper rifle. Talk to Otacon. Otacon's like, I remember where there's a sniper rifle. Set the main area. We got to run all the fucking way back to the main area, the beginning area of mm. the game. Get a sniper rifle. Come back and fight Sniper Wolf. You got to do it before the timer. Is there a timer? I think there's an internal timer because, like, you'll get a call if you stay gone too long. Uh huh. Says, "Hey, what the fuck are you doing?" Oh. <laughs> uh, there, there may be a timer. It's, there's not an actual physical timer showing. No. But, but they'll uh, call you and be like, um, she's bleeding to death. You might want to hurry. Yeah. So she's laying there. We got to leave Meryl laying there. Go all the way back to the main area. Grab the sniper rifle and come back. Of course, for me, I've done this a million fucking times, it seems like. I got there within like two minutes. Yeah, it's not that far if you just skip everything. Yeah. But when we get back, Meryl's gone. Her body was gone. Just blood stains there now. But Sniper Wolf's still there. She's still targeting us. So we pull out our sniper rifle, pop a bunch of pills. Diazepam. Yeah. And uh, shoot the shit out of her. <laughs> and that that was... <laughs> aiming with the D-pad sucks. You think? <laughs> yeah. I was just like, God, I totally just missed that one pixel of her. So they, after we fight her, she falls over, lays there. So we run all the way to where she is. She's gone. Her body's fucking gone. Oh, shit. She can follow the blood trail. Yeah, you can. Where's that lead? Mm. No, I can't tell me where's the lead. What, the blood trail leads outside? I know. <laughs> I know where it leads. <laughs> So we go. You got to do it in the fucking snow in the blizzard. Yeah. So we go to the door, and uh oh, fucking soldiers come up behind Snake, tell him to put his weapon down. Throws his weapon down. We're surrounded. Sniper, <gasps> Sniper Wolf comes out. She gives us this whole, this whole you know seductive. I have my prey, and when I have my prey, I kill it. <laughs> And then she like cuts him on his face, and she's like, "I put my mark on you, and I'll never forget it." Did you say it like that, like a gangster? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I put my mark on you, I'll never forget it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, <laughs> put my mark on you. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> now she's like French. Is she French? Mm, yes, I believe. So. I think so. Um. But we get captured. Snake is captured. And we don't know where Meryl is. We Everything's pretty much going to shit. And that's where we're going to leave off. Yeah. Well, you're past halfway through this game. Uh, quite a bit, actually. Yeah. There ain't a whole lot left. But that's the big cliffhanger. We're going to leave it off on that. Snake's captured. Meryl's been shot all the hell. We don't know if she's alive or dead. What's going to happen? Oh, man. But that's the beginning of... Beginning and middle of... The legendary Metal Gear Solid. It's different in retrospect. Yeah, going back to it... 
I think I took a lot longer to play it the first time. Oh, yeah. So this time it feels like the boss fights come every five minutes. I mean, when you fight the tank and then and then uh, the ninja and then Psycho Mantis, I mean, that, I feel like that all happens within like an hour. It does. Three big boss fights. It does. Fucking email. Just gonna say it's called it's called vibrate, Drew. Well, I didn't think I was gonna get an email at fucking ten o'clock at night, but apparently I was wrong. Yeah, well, you never know when you're gonna get one. So, uh, but yeah, the 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 that that's that's the, the I know Ken, you mentioned it on the N4G podcast uh, this week. Is that essentially this game is going from boss fight to boss fight? Yeah, it's, there's not a whole lot of in between. Yeah, the, I mean, it's, you know, there's a few cutscenes, but it's all about, like, sneaking past guys. It's not mm. like you're fighting your way to a boss fight. You're no. just You're just, you're traveling to the next boss fight. It only has a couple instances where it forces you to actually engage in combat, which is probably smart, because the combat is not that good. <laughs> yeah. But it's, uh, it's interesting going back to it now, because, you know, like, in, in retrospect, I'm looking at this like, wow, this was really... Yeah, like, like you said, preachy, but it, it's it's really adult themed. Yeah, com- compared to any of the other games that I had played at that time. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. It's, it's it's there's a lot more to it. Yeah, I mean, this was the first game, like one of the first games I was, I, I saw that had like almost pure voice acting. Everything in this game is voiced, everything, and voiced well. Yeah, and voiced well. I mean, the, like that's the thing was like what what made it so fucking cinematic was the fact that. The voice acting didn't suck, you know. It was like, you know, die monster, you don't belong in this world. You know, that that was what I knew. Yeah, and it's the voice actors who are in this game. A lot of them still work today. Oh, absolutely. I mean, a lot of them are just—they're really good. I mean, everybody knows who the fuck David Hayter is. Well, of course. Well, but he's—you know—he's Snake. Yeah. He hasn't done a lot of other voices, but that you know. That's true. But he's also an actor. I mean, he's been in movies before. Yeah, and he writes movies too. Oh, absolutely. He, I think he did the X Men movies, right? Did the first one. But um, it's um, God, you, you know, I, I will forever have nostalgia for this game. This is by far the my favorite game of all time. Period. It will forever be that way. I know yeah. you. I know you got your top, you know, top three games. I mean. This I don't. Is... I don't pick one over the other. They're, they're kind of like all three of my favorite games of all time. Right, that's true. Co-favorite games. That's yeah, true. they share a spot all together. Yeah. I mean, that's if I had a if I had a top three, it would probably be. Oh, jeez, Metal Metal Gear Solid and Final Fantasy VII, and probably that third spot's kind of open for a few things. Super Metroid. Super Metroid's pretty good. Super Metroid's fucking amazing when you go back to it. Yeah, it, it aged really well. Yeah, man, it's, it still holds up. But, uh, um, yeah, the Super Metroid's fucking awesome. But, uh, that's, like I said, Metal Gear Solid was what defined me playing games. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's... probably this and Resident Evil are the reasons I'm still playing games. Yeah, I mean, I, I I loved my Genesis back in the day, but I don't know that I was ever as into it as I was into the PS One. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it, 
it's hard for, for me to convey it. I know there's a lot of people out there who grew up playing Metal Gear, but for somebody like Jamie who listens to the show, who has never played Metal Gear before, or doesn't know much of the context, it, Metal, Metal Gear Solid is, is the game that, that, that changed everything for me as far as playing video games. There's a lot of games like that on the PlayStation 1. Yeah. Yep. It was like, I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, fucking Resident Evil came out. It was very cinematic for its time. Oh, yeah. And it was, you know, that was something. That's another one of those top three game kind of things. That's a a major contender. Yep. My top three are probably Metal Gear 3, Metal Gear 1, and Resident Evil. Yeah. So it's, it's, and then that's another thing we'll get into is like our favorite Metal Gear game. To me, it will all, you know, my favorite one is going to be Metal Gear Solid because of the nostalgia factor, but I will completely agree with you that Metal Gear 3 is the best playing one. Oh, yeah, by far. Well, the best playing and most interesting. Yeah. Right. And, and the fact that I had so many nods back to this one. Yeah. Yeah. You get so, a lot of that backstory. I mean, Metal Gear Solid 4 is probably the best playing one. I don't know, man. Peace Walker's pretty damn good. Well, and, well, I mean, for the, the core four. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ground Zeroes is easily the best play. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, that's the closest thing you get to Call of Duty if you want to. I mean, <laughs> you can actually do the stuff that is was hard to do because of the controls in the other ones. Yeah. So I can't wait to play Phantom Pain, man. Yeah, that I'm looking gonna, forward to that. That game is going to control great. I can't wait. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, but going back to it. It's a little rough in some some areas. I mean, yeah, sure. They, visually, I, I've I've played enough PS One games recently to to say, ah, eh, whatever. Um, yeah, it looks fine. Yeah, it's it actually. I think it's actually interesting that it is so muted in the colors. You know, it, it's it's a lot of gray buildings on grayish backgrounds with. Whitish of, gray snow in front of them. Yeah, a lot of dark blues in the characters. Yeah, I mean it is Alaska, so. I want to say that's part of why it felt so. Another reason why it felt so adult at the time, though. You know, it, it wasn't colorful cartoon not characters. A color, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was back before those. Game. Yeah, it's back before those games were all games. Yeah. Yeah. Every game now. Brown and gray. Yeah, they're all brown and gray now. That's why when you see a game like Sunset Overdrive, you're like, "Holy crap, that that looks really cool." Yeah, yeah. So but coming off of Genesis, everything was colorful. Oh, oh god, yeah. yeah. Genesis was the most colorful system ever. That was you know blasting you with all these different colors. Blast processing with the blast processing that was part of it. Yeah. Uh, so it's, <laughs> but yes, yeah, it's, it's. I say the game holds up. In certain um, aspects. In, in, in many aspects, yeah. I think storytelling-wise, yes. Cutscenes, yes. That game plays a little rough. I think if it, if, if, it, if I didn't have to use the D-pad, I would I, w- I think I would have an easier time with it. Yeah, D-pad's a little rough, especially on the PS1. Yeah. And that's one of the great things about the Metal Gear series is that each one got progressively better as far as gameplay goes. Oh, yeah. I already started two because I told you I needed more time than everybody else to play it. Yeah. And it's like night and day, you know, playing that game and actually playing one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is a full generation. Oh, yeah. What, how many years in between? Oh, what was it? 98 and then... 2002. 2002, so four years. So half a generation. Yeah. New system. 
and there was what 1998 and Metal Gear 2 was 1990 so there was 8 years in between that well there yeah That's it was a big difference <laughs> he he didn't know he was going to do anymore you know what i mean there was never any for the super nice yeah cuz he was doing those Sega CD games snatcher yeah police knots which never came out over here either yeah so um but yeah it's um Going back to it, I, I'm in, I'm still enjoying it. It's 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 a very playable game, kind of like how we said with Parasite Eve. I feel like this is a very playable game. Oh, absolutely! It's it's fine. It it it's a lot like anything else. It just takes you a couple an hour or so just to get reacclimated with that yeah. control scheme. That's what yeah. I was gonna say. It, it's harder to control than some other PS1 games just because it's a little more complex, right? And a little more inconsistent. Like the fact that you can like. Look at something, but if you're up against a wall, that same button does something else. There's a lot of different ways that the game controls. Yeah, without camera control, some of those angles are a little rough. Another brilliant thing that a lot of people don't take for granted, and I, I actually enjoy it. It's one of the few games that whenever you loaded up a save, it gave you a mission summary of what happened so far. Yeah. So that way you're never lost of like, what the fuck was I doing? <laughs> Like jumping back into Blue Dragon after six years? Oh fuck! <laughs> I didn't know I was I didn't know I was doing through that entire game. Well, that's the funny thing is, is the save that I had on my hard drive was for disc three, uh-huh. and it had been six years since I touched that game. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I yeah, I have no idea what's going on here, but that's cool. <laughs> so yeah, that's the first half of Metal Gear. We will be back next week to finish up Metal Gear Solid. And, uh, I mean, like I said, we're, we're going to take our time with the entire series. I mean, uh, if you guys want to go straight into Metal Gear 2, we can. I don't think I'll be ready, but I'll let you know for sure. Okay. But, I mean, that's, that's up to you. If not, we can, Matt, you and I can do like a uh, one-off or we can do a, do a um, intermission show or something like that. So, But that's totally up to you guys, however you want to do it. Uh, I think we will, after Metal Gear 2, we may take a... a about a month or so, or maybe even more off for three in between those. Because truth be told, Metal Gear 2, Metal Gear Solid is relatively short compared to Metal Gear 2. Yeah, 2 is about 12 hours. Yeah. I didn't really realize how short 1 was. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day, it took me a while to get through it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I say when I finish Metal Gear Solid this time around, I'll probably have maybe five hours in it. Yeah, it's not that long. Yeah, so it's uh, it's, it's very polarizing, but we'll uh, we'll play it by ear on that one. But anyway, I I do appreciate everybody listening. Like I said, I know Metal Gears is is huge, has a huge following. People love it. I hope you guys enjoyed us talking about it, reminiscing about the past times and stuff like that. And thank you so much for the emails. I love hearing from you guys. And please continue sending more emails. Uh, you can send me an email. It's Drew at ztgd.com. Uh, you can also follow us all on Twitter. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at R-E-M-G-S. And uh, Ken is at Z-T-G-D. You can also follow the podcast itself. It's at Z-T-G-D Phoenix Down. That's where I post all of the uh, the new episodes. Uh, go live every Friday. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's good to go back. You're telling me it's a five-hour game, though. I don't know. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> Look, Matt. Hey, we'll find out tomorrow, right? I've yeah. <laughs> Matt, I, I've I've known you for like eight years. You are one of the slowest game players I've ever met in my life. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and get that out there. So it's uh you know. It, when you finish a game, I usually minus about 10 hours, and then I say, that's about how long it takes me to do it. <laughs> so that's, that's fine. You know, you're a methodical player. You know, so you, you do what you got to do, man. Okay. Yeah. My advice on life, just keep living. So it's, that's it. Thanks. That's, that's Matthew McConaughey's life, his view on life. Man, you you didn't quite put the twang in for that. Yeah, <laughs> just keep living. <laughs> I, can't, I I really can't do Matthew McConaughey. I was in contact. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You you remember Red TV? <laughs> I did that TV. Oh, uh, look at my perfect abs. Yeah, you know I feel like, can, I, can I take my shirt off? <laughs> I think it would be a good time for me to take my shirt off. It's always a good time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go get me a beer. I'm going to take a shirt off. going to play some volleyball. <laughs> some volleyball? Oh, yeah, volleyball. A kickball. Matthew McConaughey strikes me as a volleyball kind of guy. He does. He does, yeah. Badminton. I'll have some badminton. <laughs> yes, badminton. That's the one I think yeah. of. Yeah, badminton. You remember, you remember those... Uh, those lawn darts, they, they outlawed them a while back. I used to play a lot of lawn darts. I just play cornhole. Yes, uh, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> Go get some uh, horseshoes. Play some horseshoes. Anyway, Larry, that's enough Matthew McConaughey. I think that, yeah, you've met your quota. Yeah, we, we yeah. I have to get him a Matthew. But uh, anyway, that's it for us. I do appreciate everybody listening. And uh, we will be back next week to uh, finish off Metal Gear. But until then, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And I'm Ken. And we're out of here. Hope you guys have a great week. And we will uh, be back next week with more Metal Gear. Metal Gear. Metal Gear.